Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. What's up, everybody, and welcome back into a playoff edition of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And it is playoffs, but not a lot of uh, playoff games to go around this week, right, uh, Mr. Regan? By the way, I'm Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, sitting across the table from Adam Regan with the Fort Myers News Press. Next to us is Andrew Melendez, producer extraordinaire. And back to my original question, Mr. Regan, kind of a light week here in southwest Florida. Yeah, we went from 11 teams down to three and four, if you include Canterbury, who's still in the SSAC-FCS championship race. But yeah, we had a lot of teams lose, I believe that we had Laley, Dunbar, and North lost. North lost, and St. John Newman lost, FBA lost. lost. So let's get into it. That's what I I want to talk about first before we get into the uh, second round games we're going to break down. Let's look back at that first round, maybe anything that surprised us. But uh, the one note I want to throw out there is, as you mentioned, we only have four teams left of the 31 teams in our coverage area. That's Lee and Collier County, as well as um, the one way out there, LaBelle. Hey, LaBelle, what's up? So four teams left. A little surprising, man. Been kind of what we've been saying all year. Kind of a mediocre year for football down here. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the new RPI system and the reclassification. A lot of our schools are now in Region 4 with the Miami schools, and they're starting to face the Miami and Broward schools in the first round of the playoffs, as Laley did, Mm -hmm. as Dunbar did. Both of them did combined for what they combined for six points in their games against Miami Central and Dillard and then you had Lehigh who you know they always have to play that region up north and they they got seven a beat by Venice so yeah it's been tough year for southwest Florida football so especially in Collier County we have just one team left in the playoffs that's Naples and I looked it up the last time we only had one team in the second round in Collier County was way back in 2010 that was when Naples moved on to the second round and lost to Sammy Watkins and Dallas Crawford at South Fort Myers and then in 2009 in Collier County we had zero teams in the second round That's the year that Naples missed the playoffs the last time they did. Immokalee was kind of in their couple-year lull when they lost the playoffs, or they didn't make the playoffs. And then Baron Collier made it, but they lost in the first round. But what you said about the reclassification is correct, especially in Collier County, where the public schools used to be divided into two classifications. You had Baron, Naples, Palmetto Ridge, and sometimes Gulf Coast in 6A, Gulf Coast sometimes in 7A, but then Immokalee, Laley, Golden Gate were in 5A. So for a few years, they made up their own district in 5A, so at least two teams in that one were going to get into the playoffs. This year, not not that that way. Those six teams are all in one classification. Only Naples made, that, made it out of that group, and only Naples is alive standing. Yeah, and I think we're in danger here of not having football next week and not having a podcast. Let's talk about this. This could be the very last episode of 2019, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast for this season because we got three teams playing, three very tough games. But before we get into those again, I want to go over the first round again. A couple surprises that jumped out to me as I was looking. First Baptist, we knew they had a tough game coming. They give up 50 points to Moorhaven and lose 50 to 24 and they just Moorhaven just came to life in the second quarter and ran them over 
didn't First Baptist win that game like 12 to 6 12 in the regular six. season? Yeah, it was a slugfest. It was rainy. It was yucky. And, and they won at Moorhaven. And then Moorhaven comes on that fast First Baptist turf. And uh, they just took off. Yeah, I was n- very, very surprised by that. That's obviously disappointing for the Lions. I mean, I think they had designs on going pretty far and maybe setting up a rematch with, like, Champagnat Catholic or something like that. They did, but but big picture, they're still a young team. They have a very strong junior class, a very strong freshman class. I think everyone outside of First Baptist was surprised that they even went 10-0 and and, and did this well. So that's experience for them getting into the playoffs. That's really going to eat at them, and they work hard in the offseason anyways at First Baptist. They're going to be extra motivated and look for them to be very, very strong again in Class 2A next year. Up here in Lee County, Cypress Lake, kind of the opposite. They had been throwing up crazy points, averaging 39 points per game in the regular season, and they made it seven in a first-round loss at home. Against North Miami Beach, and they actually had a shot at this one. You know, they lost by one score, but they made a stop on the goal line late, and uh, I think they had to probably go 98 yards to score a touchdown, and C.J. Shedd ended up throwing up pick there you know no shame in that that loss yeah it's tough that they didn't get their first ever playoff loss but still overall in the season you know cypress lake is headed in the immediate right direction and i think they're, they're going to be good for a couple years to come but they do lose cj shed who graduates and uh, he was really i think kind of the heart and soul of, of that offense that averaged 400 yards a game but as you said they do have some pieces coming back So we're going to come back on the other side of this break, and we're going to talk about our three playoff games in the second round. We'll talk to you then. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back, everybody, to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. We've only got four games to break down this week, so let's start in Class 6A. we got a semifinal, Fort Myers going to Dillard. But first, let's take a look back at North Fort Myers. Fort Myers, the second ever time that these two teams have met in the playoffs. I was expecting a closer game than it was during the regular season when Fort Myers won 48-3. I was wrong because this one really was never in doubt. You know, Fort Myers, from the first play of the game, they ran a reverse to John Calais, who went 80 yards for a touchdown, and it seemed like deja vu all over again. Fort Myers, way too much speed on the outside for North Fort Myers. North Fort Myers couldn't plug in the right players in the right positions to flag down some of those guys that got to the edge. And then they get a Dillard team this week who is undefeated, but Fisher, you and I have looked at Dillard's schedule. It's pretty soft. It's a little suspect, you know, one of the factors in the RPI rankings that decided these playoff seedings is opponent's winning percentage. Dillard's opponent's winning percentage ranks 19th out of the 23 teams in 6A Region 4. That is fourth to last or third to last, whatever you want to say. Yeah, not great. Dillard is undefeated, 11-0. Been kind of killing opponents. They outscore them by an average of 30 points a game. They've only given up, what, 100 points in 11 games. So Dillard looks good on paper, but we don't know a ton about these uh, teams they're playing. A little historical perspective here for Fort Myers. Fort Myers has lost six games to in the playoffs to South Florida teams. And it's only been one team that they've lost to. Really? They lost six times to St. Thomas Aquinas. Wow. So they're four and six all time against South Florida teams in the playoffs, and all six losses have come to 10 times state champion St. Thomas Aquinas. So if history says anything, they should say that the Green Wave should go to Dillard and beat Dillard. 
Well, we don't know about that because they're over. They haven't played another well, South Florida team, have they? They've beaten four of them, yeah, in okay. their history. So what, what I found interesting is that the last time Fort Myers left Southwest Florida for a playoff game was in 2014, the regional final at Eastlake, which is, I guess, up in Tarpon Springs. Oh, yeah, that that was a bum rush because the week before, Fort Myers had beaten Charlotte They'd come back to beat them in the fourth quarter with 21 points in the fourth quarter. They were gassed. They were done. There was no chance they were going up to Eastlake and beating them, and they got rolled up there. Before that, Fort Myers hadn't left the area since 2006 at Manatee, and it goes back to what we were talking about in the first segment, the reclassification. It used to be Southwest Florida was all its own region, you know, in 6A and 7A wherever, and in order to leave this area, you had to win a regional title, which is very hard to do. Naples has done it a handful of times, and even then you might host a game. But Fort Myers just hasn't had to make that trip. Now they got to go on the road over to Dillard. Not too far, pretty quick and easy trip across Alligator Alley, but it is something these kids may not be used to. Yeah, it's a tough road trip again across the alley. And this Dillard team, they've got that South Florida speed. You know, they got a dual-threat quarterback in Zamir Jones, who's really good, and a running back in Patrick Bowen, who is excellent. So, like I said last week, Fort Myers had the advantage in speed on the outside. I don't think they'll have it this week against Dillard, so it might be kind of tough to get to the edge. I don't think the offense is going to score quite the amount of points that they scored last week against North. But I do want to give credit to Fort Myers. They've won eight straight games dating back to September 6th. Is that right? Yeah, their last loss. They haven't lost in two months. September 6th. And they've been putting up crazy points. I mean, the past four games, they've scored over 44 points. On the season, they're averaging something at, as I look up the number right now, it's about 35 points per game. And that includes a loss. It includes a 16-6 to fight with Dunbar. So recently, that they've really been rolling. And again, we don't really know about Dillard. They have a good defense, but who have they played? I don't know if they've seen an offense as talented and as well-rounded as Fort Myers. Well, the thing about Fort Myers is they run that wing tee, and they run probably four or five plays out of that so if you watch film i mean you know their plays and it's just a matter of executing but you know when you're not able to execute athleticism and speed kind of hides a lot of those flaws and i think dillard has that so it should be an interesting matchup when the fort myers offense takes the field against dillard's defense fort myers averaging 308 rushing yards a game that's amazing yasaias young over a thousand yards in just eight games, and then Zamare Harvin, he's, he's about to hit 1,000. He's got about 916, and they got a 1,000-yard passer as well. So uh, Fort Myers can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, it's just going to be a matter of what they can do defensively against uh, a stacked Dillard offense. Speaking of stacked teams, Miami Central is coming into Naples, and it's it's not maybe not the Miami Central of old when they won four straight uh, state championships from 2012 to 2015. But, man, are they loaded. I, I sent uh, Mr. Regan an email earlier this week. Central, I looked it up, 11 kids with Division I offers. Five, or nine of those kids have Power 5 offers. Six of them are ranked in the top 100 in their position in their class. So they've got talent across the board. Th- those Division I guys, six on defense, five on offense. So, I mean, there's really not a lot of weak spots on this Central team. We've talked about on this podcast a couple times. The last time I saw Miami Central play Naples, and it was at the Traz, and they had Dalvin Cook's brother, and you know Naples had one of their best teams they had had in a while. This Naples team, not nearly as good. Right, right. They, they've struggled at times. I mean, they've kind of rolled over some teams here. And it's I, I talked to uh, 
Coach Bill Kramer about that. And, of course, stay tuned to NaplesNews.com slash sports slash prep zone later this week for a uh, story about Naples versus Central. And he said it's just a whole other level. I mean, you're not going to see anything like Central has here in Southwest Florida. There might be some teams with individual players that are as talented as what Central is bringing over here, but not on, on a whole uh, complete level like Central has. And I said, well, is that a disadvantage? You know, you guys, Central's playing these Miami teams week in, week out, whereas you guys may be seeing some teams that, uh, you know, have some losing records, not as talented. He said that's kind of a, a misnomer. You know, Central rolls through teams over there because there's only six or seven teams that concentrate power. You think transfers are bad in Lee County? Huh. Go over to Dade and Broward County. And it's, I mean, kids are going to different schools every year. So, and it's funny, too, to talk to Bill Kramer about these uh, East Coast teams because he always gets little digs in. I said, you know, Central, they're always winning. He said, yeah, they do a, a great job acquiring talent. So uh, kind of a, a nod to the free agent market over there. I was doing some research this week, Southwest Florida against South Florida. You can go to news-press.com, naplesnews.com at the end of the week to read that. But Bill Kramer obviously has been the most successful coach against South Florida team. So did he give you any idea, any insight into what the blueprint is to beating a South Florida team? Because he's actually a former South Florida coach. He coached at Miami American before coming over to Naples, you know, in 1999, 2000, somewhere around that. He said there's really no blueprint, no magic uh, wand, no magic pill. You just do what you're coached to do and follow the game plan and you'll get it done. But he said you have to be error-free. You, you can't get behind the chains on offense. You cannot turn it over, which last week against South Fort Myers, Naples was very good about that. No turnovers. They forced four turnovers, only five penalties. But, again, playing against Central with just the elite speed that they have, I mean, you can't make a miss because you miss a South Fort Myers receiver, he's going to break off a 20-yard run. You miss a Miami Central receiver, he's going to Miami, he's taking it 80 yards to the house. My question for you the last time a Miami team in the playoffs came to Staver Field, that was Northwestern last year, right? And we thought that right. might be a close game, and it was not. Yeah, and, and that's the same thing. Um, two, year, uh, two years ago, 2017, Northwestern was just stacked, loaded. Bill Kramer said it was the most loaded you know, Northwestern team he's seen. They beat Naples. They won the state championship. Last year, Northwestern was 5-5 five and five entering the playoffs. It yeah, was supposed against, to be central. A, against a ridiculous schedule, though. Well, it was supposed to be a down year for Northwestern. You know, still down good. Year. And they came in and, yeah, just uh, tore up Naples. So Naples' last four games against the Miami powerhouses, Miami Central, Northwestern, they've lost. Lost to Central in 2012, 2015. Lost to Miami Northwestern in 2017 and 2018. All those games were in the state semifinals. All four of those losses were to the eventual state champion. Central went on to win state. Northwestern went on to win state. So Naples is losing to good teams. And let's mention, this is a second-round game. I mean, these are two of the best teams in the yeah, state. It feels like we're talking about a regional final I know, here, it does. Or a state semifinal. Which is almost disappointing because either team that loses, their, their season is cut short, even though they're one of the best in the state. Again, I asked Coach Bill Kramer about that. And he said you almost prefer to play the second round. You get it out of the way, and you're probably as healthy as you're going to be. I mean, do you want to play Central after you've been banged up by Fort Myers and Dillard, or do you want to play them after you just won a running clock game against South Fort Myers? Oh, that, Bill Cr- that Bill Kramer always knows how to spin things. Uh, he's he's an optimist. I'll tell yes, you that. Yes, absolutely. Much. Next game we got on the docket, we go down to Class 3A. Bishop Rowe had a bye last week, so they didn't have an opportunity to lose. So they get Palm Beach Gardens Benjamin at home. Immediate thoughts on this one, Fisher. So, again, Benjamin's one of those teams that we don't know a ton about their schedule. It doesn't look great when you look at the uh, the teams they've played, but I know they are a very good offense. they got a quarterback who has thrown for 1,800 yards 
And what is it, 32 total touchdowns for a kid named Santino Marucci. He's got some Power 5 offers. I mean, Bishop Rose defense is going to be tested. And we've talked all year. That's kind of the strength of this team. They're often they like it that way. They, they want to be. They want to be tested. They want to be challenged. So they get the game at home. That, that's a big deal. They're well rested. We talked earlier, you know, about being rested and being healthy, and they should be about as healthy as you can be at this point of the year. Um, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring defensive battle. Yeah, and the last game I saw Bishop Rowe play, they beat North Fort Myers 21-14, and they got two big plays from Taquan Chapman. And, but they weren't able to find speedster Malik Curtis. I, I mean, they missed him with a couple of deep balls. I think Jacob Aziz is going to have to hit a couple of those to beat Benjamin. I mean, Malik Curtis, he's such a weapon. You have to utilize him, but you have to get the ball in his hands. Once you get the ball in his hands, he's off to the races. So a lot's going to be on junior quarterback Jacob Aziz in this one. And let's give credit to what Bishop Vareau has done this year. They're 8-2 and two against a solid schedule. They went out and they hosted Delray Beach American Heritage, Fort Lauderdale University. Those are top five programs in their classifications. And both were very close losses, both one-score losses, 17-14 to 14 to American Heritage. They lost 21-13 to 13 to University. So those kind of games prepare you for this kind of competition at this uh, level of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. You couldn't have done a better job making your schedule than, than Bishop Vareau did. They're definitely battle-tested. And like you said, those losses were one-score games against really good teams. I mean, University School is one of the best teams in the state. So to to hang with them, I think you can definitely drop down in competition to Benjamin and beat them. So I think you have to make the Vikings the favorite at home in this game. What is, I'll apologize, I did not look it up, but what's what's Bishop Verro's playoff history? I know they won last year to get to the regional finals. I mean, how many wins do they have in their uh, history? I mean, they've been yeah, they've been to a state final, you know, way back. But most recently, they've been in the same region with Coco. Oh yeah. Every, t- every time <laughs> they tough. run into Coco, they beat LaBelle last year. Then they had to go play Coco, and then in previous previous couple of years, they had to play Coco in the first round. And this is really the first year that Coco is not in their region, and I think the region really lines up. For Bishop Verreau, you got Berkeley Prep at the top of the region who they're hosting a home game, and they'll probably be the likely opponent for the winner of this game. So it's all set up for Bishop Verreau, and they've got their best team they've had in years. So it should be interesting to see on Friday night what they can do. Yeah, expectations certainly high for Bishop Verreau. One more game. Let's step outside of the F. HSAA playoffs and go to the SSAC playoffs. We got a championship game in Lee County. And you've got the defending SSAC FCS champions playing in that game in Canterbury. They're going to play Santa Fe Catholic, who's 5-5. Five and five, So I think Canterbury is definitely the obvious favorite in this game. And Canterbury, they've been on a roll lately. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they started kind of slow. But, uh, you know, they're back on it. They're 5-1 and one at home, 1-2 and two on the road. And this game, obviously, will be on the road. Or maybe it's even at a neutral site, actually. But something that's impressed me, really, and every, every week uh, we give Andrew Layton, the coach, uh, their call after their games. And, you know, the same guys come up in the scoring summary every week. Kate Kirshner, their, their quarterback, he's thrown 10 touchdown passes this season. And a lot of them have been to Dominic Kamarka. Dominic Kamarka, he's got 27 catches this year for 480 yards and seven touchdowns. And that's on top of 495 yards rushing with six TDs. So he's having a hell of a season. Offensively, no one's really worried about the Cougars here. So 
Canterbury, I feel like, is one of those teams that uh, kind of suffered from early losses, and so people kind of forget about them. We're kind of guilty of it. They lost their first two games to start 0-2 after some pretty big expectations. After that, like Regan said, they won four in a row. They're 5-1 and one in the past six, so they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Had a big win last week, 40-26. to 26. That offense of the the people Regan just mentioned, man, they've been putting up 40 points a game in their wins, so if they can score some points, you got to like them. Absolutely, and then you've got Santa Fe Catholic, who I said it's 5-5. Five and five. I mean, they've played a pretty tough schedule, I would say. But in the playoffs, they beat Legacy Charter 20-14, to kind of squeaked by there. But then last, no, maybe not last week, but the week before, they went to First Academy and really put that up, put it on them 47-8. So I think the Santa Fe Catholic's record could be a little deceiving, but it's, I still think you have to make the Cougars the favorite in this one. Well, we'll find out who we like in the next segment. We're coming back. We're going to do some picks. We'll talk to you then. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone or download our apps. Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast for our final segment and what could be our final segment of the 2019 season. We'll see if we pick any of these teams to win, starting with one that it doesn't matter if they win or lose, the season's over. It's a championship game, Canterbury versus Santa Fe Catholic in the SSAC title game. We broke it down earlier. I thought Regan did a great job, and uh, I think I know who you're leaning towards. First of all, I'm sorry. Should we go back and go over our records from uh, the week before? If this is going to be the last podcast of the season, I think we should. So I'm beating Regan, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, it's not correct. That's not true at all. Uh, Regan went 6-2 and two last week. I went 4-4, four and four, and if I'm correct, I think I was actually trying last week. <laughs> the past few weeks, I was just going against Regan to try to make up ground, which came back to bite me in the rear. But Adam Regan, 88 and 30 on the season. Adam Fisher, a respectable 70 and 48. Now, as we know, most of those losses were from Andy Sodergren the week he filled in for me. I probably have lost this. There's absolutely no way mathematically. I, unless we give you like six points a win or something. Bonus like points. That. And yeah, no, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be that generous. Well, I'm going to pick with my heart, not with my head. Let's go Canterbury versus Santa Fe Catholic. Who wins the SSAC title? I think you have a repeat for the Cougars in this one. The past couple of years. Prior to last year, they had gone to the SSAC, SSAC FCS championship game and lost. Well, they got over the hump last year and won it. I think they're going to win it again. I agree. They should win this. And then, uh, I mean, do they hop back into the FHSAA? See, that's the thing. I think that they're trying to take baby steps at Canterbury. Sure. I think that's ultimately the goal to hop in to a region with, you know, First Baptist, SSA. I mean, this SSCA, team could compete ECSO with SFCA. Definitely Marco Island would have beat community school this year, you know. I mean. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal. We'll see if this is enough to ignite that because I think the parents of the kids really want that. I think they feel like they don't get a whole lot of respect because they play in the Sunshine Which State is understandable, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that, if they can take a big step on Saturday. Okay, Saturday night game, and we're both picking the Cougars. Next, the one one of two games in Southwest Florida, the only one in Lee County, of, at least with the FHSAA variety. Palm Beach Gardens, Benjamin at Fort Myers Bishop Vero. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I think this is going to be one where you take opposite of me in this one. I got to go with Bishop Vero at home. 
Their defense just has been so impressive. But like I said, Jacob Aziz is going to have to find Malik Curtis maybe once or twice in this game to win it, and I think he will, so I will go with the Vikings. Yeah, I think Benjamin could win this. I think it's going to be very close, but I also believe the Vikings will win. I just think they got a, a, a little something-something on their side this year. I don't know what it is, you know, kind of kind of driving them. So I'll take the Vikings. Let's go Fort Myers at Dillard. I think it's going to be high scoring. Do you? I do. Why do you think that? Well, they just both score a lot of points. Defenses are good, but they haven't played a lot of great teams, either one of them, to be fair. Fort Myers taking the road trip, so that gives Dillard a little bit of an advantage. And since I'm already talking, I'm going to go ahead. I think Dillard wins this. I think they stay undefeated. I think it's just tough for this Fort Myers team that hasn't had to make a uh, long road trip too often. And Dillard just, their schedule's questionable, but I think they have enough talent, enough of that, as we said, East Coast speed to get past Fort Myers. And I hate to not make any drama in this last and final podcast if that's the one right. that we're doing, but I'm going to take Dillard, too. For the reasons you stated, I thought you definitely laid that out very eloquently. Well, thank you. I'm very, very smart. So, Miami Central at Naples. I don't know if this is going to be a close game. Could be a close game. Could not be a close game. As you said, Central is just loaded again. I don't think Naples is as good as they've been in years past. Playing at Staver Field, though, a different animal. Didn't help them last year against another Miami team, Miami Northwestern. But Central with their nine Power 5 kids uh, and um, their their quarterback, who even Coach Bill Kramer was very impressed with, Catravius Marsh. Marsh is what I was going to say. He's going to Utah. Going to Utah. Going to be a Ute. But I will take Miami Central to end the Golden Eagles season. And I want to remind everybody of what happened on the last podcast of last season where we had one game. Uh, Naples and Northwestern and we were both tied in the pick segment you know my things have have changed because you know I'm up 18 games yes. so it's, it's not really the same situation but you had an opportunity to take Miami Northwestern I took Northwestern as well and we had a tie and we could have gone to like total points or something like that but you elected to go with Naples listen as I told you if there's ever any doubt you know I'm, I'm gonna play uh, Homer I'm going to pander to the audience as uh, you know, I've done m- many times in the past, and you know it's good to be different. I, I don't want to end the season tied. That's no fun. I'm going with Miami Central and all their Division One recruits. What do they have? Eleven of them. Yes, they do. Probably more. <laughs> you know, as the probably years yeah, more to come. That's just their senior class or something. Well, no, it's seniors and juniors. You know, but yeah, I, I will go with the Rockets. Right, that's their nickname. That's their that's their nickname, the Rockets. Yeah, no, I would say that you know, uh, for good measure, I'm going to say that they're probably going to beat Dillard next week too. Yeah, Central's a a beast to be reckoned with. So there you have it, guys. Be sure and stay tuned to NaplesNews.com slash sports slash prep zone and news-press.com slash sports. With only four teams playing right now, we got it covered from all angles. We've got various features this week. We'll have video of most games and as well as uh, videos and pictures from past games as well. And if this is our last podcast, Mr. Regan, I want to say thank you for another wonderful season. Andrew Melendez, you are the reason we sound so wonderful. So thank you very much for producing. Any parting thoughts, Adam? Maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe we won't. Let's see. See you then. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's game.